we have a very special guest today, Nunu. Who do you want to introduce today? We want to introduce social media maven, Clockout DC, or as we know her, Jade. Uh, we are going to be talking about everything to do in DC once things are remain open. Where do you think things are going to go with everything, Jade? Oh, that's a great question. So I um, was trying to source events for all the month of January, and it uh, seems like a lot of stuff has moved virtual. And I yeah. feel like going to figure out with Omicron, like how much of that is going to completely shift to virtual. I think it's going to be lots of like small little gatherings. It's not going to be any new more New Year's Eve parties. Like it's not going to be any yeah. like things or that. I think it's going to be a bit more low key because I, I also just think that the the publicity for any business to have like a big event without vaccination checks, like it's a no go for most people. At this right, but point. we still see these targeted ads like New Year's Eve in this place, Baltimore, D.C., V.A., close places. And it's like, what are we doing? Or I feel like it's going to get canceled very soon. I mean, Broadway's canceled. The Rockettes, right? Everything's going yeah. down. I just saw that the Berliner canceled their uh, New Year's Eve event. And so I feel like it's just going to start not moving towards there. But I feel like probably a lot of staff are like, I don't want to have to deal with people not following the mask rules and especially the Omicron. But maybe maybe New Year's Eve is different because everybody spent their time with their family. So now it's like, whatever. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, I saw my loved one. I saw grandma. Now, like, let's go party. Know, but. <laughs> have, have you started to feel that re like that reliving that trauma of like oh my god everything starts to feel like everything's shutting down like uh mint just sent out an email that was like we are back to masks y'all like things are really like starting to get back to where they were that first wave all over all over again and so i wonder like how you're feeling about all this especially since your your uh, your blog is about telling people hey this is where we're going in dc yeah, you know, I was on a phone call today and I was like, is December, it's like the beat of January going to be like, here's some parks to sit out in winter. Yeah. Like, is that, like, is that what I'm listing now? Like, here's a place you can go sit by yourself. Like, these are the best sitting by yourself places in DC. Yeah, I think it's, it's like that, ep- it's like lost, right? We like, we, we want to leave the island, but for some reason we're still here. Like, <laughs> exactly and honestly you're gonna have to like say this is the best shift to go to this park because honestly from what i remember last year there were happy areas going on in the park there were like weddings going into the park there was a lot going on especially at malcolm x park that was a club malcolm at x the park. park was you know i do there's a part of me in summer 2021 that missed summer 2020 malcolm x park because summer 2020 malcolm x park was the best people watching in the city like we were all like lost and confused and it was like freshman dorm Let's all like make new friends and go out in groups <laughs> and sit, like like sit on the quad and like read a book. Like that's how I felt. It was very, it was good people watching, but maybe we're back, but it's winter. So I don't know. I want to know Jade and Rafi, you know, you all had a connection before I came in, but for the regular folk and me, what is Clock Out DC? We've been talking a lot about all the places in DC, but we want to get to know Jade a little bit. What is Clock Out DC? Where did it start? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So I was hooking up with a guy. Um, okay, nice. okay. And he drove me home. He's not seeing someone and they're happy and we all, we're all like happy for that. But as he was driving me home and he was saying, I just got a Scott's flight like alert. There's like $500 tickets to Japan right now. And I was like, wait, what? And so I went home and I booked the flight. Like I was like, okay, this is a good deal. And um, that's, so 2019, I was like, I'm gonna go to Japan, but I have no vacation left in the summer. Might as well like raise money and like bartend so I can have like this awesome trip. So I started bartending. But when you're like working so many jobs and like so many hats, you have no free time. Like you have no free time whatsoever. And the last place you want to be after bartending is around the people that just yelled at you. Like, you know, you don't want to go back to the bar. 
And so I was thinking like, is there a way on a Tuesday night I could live as if it was a Saturday? Like, is this possible? I want this. And so I would just be looking at a lot of different media places, a lot of different newspapers and not freelancing for one, but I would look at all these places and I'm like, this is just the same stuff. Like, I'm not going to go to the Kennedy center. Like, I don't want to go to these events. Like there must be better stuff. And so I would just start like researching myself and I would come up with better things to do. And then that's how I, that's how I did it. And I wanted to be kind of like a different kind of quote influencer where like right now, like, um, I just want to promote events I think are awesome. Like, I don't want to tell you to go to something because I paid by them to tell you, like, you know, like, I don't want to market it. And and like, it's, it's been really great to find like that balance of like trying to highlight small businesses, um, you know, from underrepresented communities or like whatever, because like, they don't get that much press or like they don't have those PR people to advocate for them. Like, you know, since I started this freelancing job, I think I get over like 500 emails like a week of just like, here, you should go to this event or this event. But I know that when I was bartending, like the manager is the social media person, is the person who orders like what we're gonna have in that, like in our shelves, like Absolutely. they don't have that like capacity sort of like getting their name out. And so I wanted to help like uplift them too, or at least to like show like, on the same level of playing field. You know, Jade, I said the same thing to Rafi earlier today. No lie. Sometimes I was thinking about all these places, entertainers, drag entertainers, like you were saying, managers, like they probably don't have the time to manage actually your brand and getting out there. So I think it's so great that you made it easy for everyone. So you literally just said, I am going to do it. And now you're here 19,000 plus followers later. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, like, for example, like, Red Bear, right? Like, you uh, you probably are familiar. Red Bear has so much drag events that they have. So many. Yeah, they have so many events. But I never, they don't, I don't think they have a PR person because I never get an email from them. But I want to highlight their events at the same level as, let's say, like, the Kennedy Center. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to be equal because they both are good events for different communities. Like, they're both good. So I, I try to, like, have that type of balance. But that's- and now you spend your time mostly doing this almost outreach, this branding. That's what you do mostly? Um, now really, I mean, like, so I work full time, I have a government job and then on the side, I just research fun events and I share them to people. Like if there's certain people I know, like there's this one guy, he wants to, he wants to figure out like all the Palestinian events. So like I flag and I send to them. So there's, there's certain followers I have where I try to filtering it out. If I see something, I'm like, oh, I know this person will like it. I will send it to them. Um, and you know, it's just been a great little community too, where it's, it's pretty like transparent. I think with my audience members, I mean, obviously I share this whole COVID experience with them, but like, you know, when I was dating life or some weird, some weird stuff that's happened on, on like, I had a sugar daddy incident in, in DC, like that kind of stuff. I oh, just shared my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about all these things I was going to say. I would want to know what your audience like. I mean, Rafi and I have had certain reactions and cultivated certain audiences that um, could be good, good or bad. Right, Rafi? Well, I would say um, my biggest interest at this point is where do you find a sugar daddy in DC? Okay, so, uh, I have to borrow someone's dog. Uh, outside of the Panera, um, in is that? I thought you were gonna say the Willard. No, no, no. Was, <laughs> you know, Luna was with me, and this guy's eating like mac and cheese from Panera. It's like something so like whatever, and he was like <laughs> trying to compliment my dog, and then he was saying like he was once upon a time this high level. I mean, I'm trying to like anonymize a little bit, but like. He was a high-level <laughs> government employee, like high-level, like presidential appointed for something. He was like a big name. He was like wanted to like network. And I was like, 
okay, sure. Like, I don't care. Like, whatever, like we can all network. And, um, but then eventually he was just like, can I send you gifts? Like, cause I appreciate your time and I value you. And I think, but eventually it became like kind of obsessive. Like in a week it went from like zero to like, I love you. And I dream about you. And I was like, this is a lot. And, um, I didn't sleep with him. I didn't do anything with him, but I somehow got $750 from just like your aura, your presence. Well, yeah. Cause he was like, let me, but the thing is for me, I'm like, you know, don't, I really, this is the sugar daddy thing I messed up on. Sugar daddies want to buy you things often that you wear that they're like, I bought this for you. They don't want to pay off your credit card. And that's all for me. I'm like, I'm not a big close person. And I was like, oh, well, why don't you just give me some money for my credit card instead? And, you know, that didn't. Now they want to oh, dress so you, you up. That's it. <laughs> but I mean, free money is always nice. Like, let's be honest. Like, we're not getting another stimmy, so might as well. You don't think? Back. You don't think we'll shut down and get another stimulus check? Uh, I don't know. Where is the fourth stimulus check? I think it was like the number one Google trend search this past year. So maybe. Oh my God. No, you, I was actually thinking about content during this, like, since we're entering another quarantine. And I, and I typed in, um, because I was still trying to like figure out does like, if you are, if you get COVID right now with Omicron, if you've at least been vaccinated one time, I was asking mm-hmm. my mom, can she, is she still gonna be okay? And then I typed in like, will, if you've gotten the vaccine, Will it do something? And then the first research was, will getting the vaccine make me lose weight? That is like the most like trending thing that you would do if you look up what the vaccine will do to you. If that was true, everyone would get it. (laughs) (laughs) That is a fact. So I was like, is this really what we're doing? Maybe we get those like slim down tea people on vaccine outreach. I don't know. Oh my God, ballerina tea? Are you talking about ballerina tea? Just any of them. I don't know. Black tummy tea. Can we like start selling skinny vaccines? Like skinny water, skinny popcorn, skinny vaccines. (laughs) Exactly. Like this vaccine is a... Luna, can you stop eating your bone right now? There's important things happening. Sorry, this is my I was going to say like Luna is a great wing woman. If she got you uh, $700 $700 from a random person. Yeah. Panera. You would think that, but like, you know, we've gone on some dates and the guys are like, I don't like dogs. They're like, I don't know. So it's, it's been a mix. And like you, it's not that they come out and they say they don't like dogs. They're just uh-huh. like, oh, you have a dog. Do you like, like, and they just don't really realize you have to take care of it. Like, you know, like I have to like walk with her and do stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, okay, well, you don't really like dogs. Or you just don't understand dogs. Mm-hmm. Do you even want a dog? Because if you're with me, you're going to get one. Like, that's- Is that a deal breaker, y'all? If they don't like your pets. I don't have a pet, so, you know, I don't have to deal with that. But yeah, for like, you all. Well, uh, well Rafi, like, if, some, if, if somebody was like, I don't like cats, I think they're gross. It would be, like, be a deal breaker. It would be a deal breaker. I mean, Nunu, Nunu, first of all, Nunu, the fact that Nunu, like, attacks my cat every time she gets a chance. Not true. I, like, really leaves a salty taste in my mood anyways. So I will say, like, judging from how people are, and also I've had people come over my place and my cat does not vibe with them. I think that's a red flag, right? Don't you think, like, uh, if Luna does not cat. vibe with somebody? First of all, my cat warms up to Vidya. My, my cat warms up to a lot of my friends. So I don't want to hear that. <laughs> that's, that's cat phobic. There, there was this guy who didn't like that Luna licked his, his feet. And she was, like, five months old. Like, she was a baby. Like, she's a baby. Like, she's a puppy. And... I was just remembering, like, okay, like, well, what would you rather her do to your feet? Like, in my head, like, would you rather her like, say hello? Like, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I think it is a deal breaker because, like, if they don't understand, like, you're like, oh, 
like by by the sixth date if they or whatever like if they don't have a date that involves luna it's like a Mm. no-go like if because at that point it's like i'm not going to just leave my dog in my apartment building all day like that's so sad like she needs to be out and about so why'd you say sixth date I like that idea too. Well, something that our followers and our listeners actually talk about and ask us a lot about is our experience of dating. Now, Nunu is in a relationship. Happy Congrats. relationship. Uh, congratulations for real, right? In this social like climate. You, you found the Lily Wonka ticket. Congrats. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, for us single folk out here, it is very exuberantly hard to just find the match, I would say. There's a, actually make a match that sticks because i don't know about you jade but every time yeah. i go on a date i feel like i make a lot of matches with people i go out because i have a really good vetting system like i'm not gonna meet you if i don't if i start seeing these red flags however yeah. making those matches like stick past a certain point and having them not like be flaky be like yeah. um, my dad says in the beginning everyone just wants to be loved like everyone's going to pull out everyone's going to be nice they're not going to show you their realness like right like, yes. they're just going to do everything right, right? And- and then they're going to start trying to see like, okay what can i get away with like what can you tolerate uh-huh. because you know and then that's i think where it where awesome. in the dating like where in the dating like like where in the dating chain would you start to like notice those red flags because for me it's like if you if you make it past the third date this may go somewhere but again um, yeah. as a woman dating in dc where does that go for you how does that apply for you um for me let's see here uh I think it's when, um, you know, like if I start talking about being Asian, like if I just like, start mentioning things and then just like trying to put out there, like, so how, how are you going to be able to learn this entire culture? Like in my head, like, are you going to be able to like learn it or do you want to learn it? And then that's like a, a good indicator. It's funny that you asked me this though, because I had a follower ask me today to put a top 10 pet peeves of dating together. Let's go through them. Okay, let's see here. I send it to my oh, friend. Is this exclusive? Okay. Is this exclusive uh, Clock Out DC content? Yeah, this is not. <laughs> this is still in the vault. Let's say we all can go through the, our pet peeves with dating. I mean, I can remember yeah. from years ago. Okay, so I wrote. Um, they lack both self awareness and empathy, and recognizing their experience of the world is valid but not replicable for most. So anyone yeah, yeah. who acts, yeah. The second one is. Uh, sometimes people are too comfortable in their routines, uh, sometimes to make space for others to have a significant space in them. Yes, that was my last one, I think, for me. Yes, for sure. Making like, space it, for them in your life, you're saying? Yeah, like I feel like sometimes people are so into routine and they're like, I have this perfect life for myself. Now I'm going to start dating someone. But then it's like, but I want to date you where it fits in the routine that I've established in my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. kind of, like I just need like this missing piece to the puzzle but the puzzle is going to stay the same like I don't want to change my routine just having you when it's convenient to put in so like I think yeah. that's people get really comfortable in their in their system of life and they don't they want they don't know they want someone to be with but they don't want a partner mm-hmm. yeah they want, well, they want like you said they want someone that fits into this calendar because I feel like that's how I've been perceived as kind of like something that I get, especially being Latino and gay in this community, is that I get, like, because I'm very, like, um, I would say confident, but also, like, exuberant. Like, I have a lot of, like, a very playful personality. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a very loud, boisterous personality. I feel like the, sometimes I get, like, the the fling edit, you know, like, the really, like, this is gonna be a one time. So, I get that a lot. I do think I get that a lot, where, like, people think it's easy to fit my, fit me into their schedule. You're the weekend. Because, 
Because I'm the weekend. Because I'm yeah, like somebody who like in the shelf that they take down, and then they put it back on the shelf when they're done. Like they don't actually one hundred percent. But they and and when you are complaining about collecting dust, they get all mad. Uh, yeah, and, and for like, those my schedule, yeah. That yeah, Toy exactly. Story. Yeah, and I, we know who, and we know who's listening out there. <laughs> the third um, is the third is they don't like dogs, but we we talked about that. The fourth one is um, they watch too much West Wing and are trying to uh, LARP um, in their career and virtue signal how they sing, single handedly are changing the world. Uh, and- the amount of times I've got, I've actually come in because if you know me, I have new 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 word to test. I don't know what Westworld is or what what is it? West, West Wing. Wing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All these hill staffers, they just want to show all the hill staffers. I, I don't even go to days. With, I think that's a red flag itself because just every being a hill staffer. staffer. <laughs> well, because automatically I'm, they start talking about like they automatically assume that you know like the things like they watch, like they think that you watch West Wing. And I I don't know about you, but I don't watch West Wing. And I've had several people try to talk to me about that show, and I have no idea what, it, what they're talking about. I mean, it could be NGO, it could be it could be <laughs> for peace, uh, return, return peace corps volunteer. <laughs> you know, they they all they all will tell you how they are they are changing, changing the world. They are changing it, yeah. And then the fifth one, um, I said they don't experiment in bed. Oh, um, I like not that to one. yuck anyone's yum. See, I like hard <laughs> times, and I'm not I'm not here for some like no. That's you know like I I think the I think the prostate is a beautiful thing. And if, oh, if guys, period. <laughs> if guys, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm in a safe place right now. But I think some guys are like, no, and they're like so into that. There are some guys who are really like, I couldn't imagine that doing that. That's just so impossible. Um, but with consent, once once you, sorry, I like maybe this is too much to share that I like eating ass. But like once you do it, <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all do. We all do. We all do. And then like for me, it's like to see this like macho guy, like they just fall. They just melt. They just melt. And it's yeah. so powerful. It's, Beat them yeah. into submission. Yes. <laughs> Very much just covered the prostate 2022. We're at home. So, Jake, <laughs> what's your sign? I'm a Virgo with Aries rising. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it, it's fun. My boyfriend's <laughs> a Virgo. I get it. Yeah. I, I have a list. I have a list. You're right. Um, obviously, you're organized. Oh, <laughs> uh, the six. Um, the misperceptions regarding safe areas of the city, which borders on racism. Oh, absolutely. Uh, big one. Big one. Have you gotten that? Like, I mean, you live in, uh, I don't want to give your, people People know that oh, you live in Addis Morgan. I live in Addis Morgan. <laughs> I had a house party for followers in May. Like, people know where I live. Like, I, okay. if they didn't, they could easily, I feel like we're, you know, there's enough data mm-hmm. out there about everybody. Everybody can find out where everyone lives, I think, yeah, at a certain yeah. point. Honestly. But, um, I, you know, yeah, because so I, I have a really few great friends, I guess, who don't sleep that well at night in that um, I have walked home from like U Street, like by myself at like three in the morning. And I just like call my friend and I've never had that problem through Columbia Heights, through Adams Morgan. I have walked home from Anacostia all the way home to my house mm-hmm. at like 10 p.m. I've never had a problem. And so I think I mean, I don't know if it's because, and I'm just like, you know, I, I, no one's ever messed with me or tried to talk to me or anything bad. I mean, I've always been in the right place, I guess, but yeah. So I think when people are like, oh, that's so unsafe living in Columbia Heights. I'm like, is this, is this racist? Is, how much of this is racist? It is racist. <laughs> it is like, racist. And like, and I think also to some extent with cat, I think some people mix cat calling and just 
people like there there are people of color like on your black people like on my block right who just sit there they hang out that's their community they want to say hi to people i don't view that as cat calling i view that as just like these are your neighbors and you say hi to them like the culture running, yeah. Right? yeah when you run to the safe way and so i think there's also this mystery like like oh there's so aggressiveness the cat calling i feel unsafe i'm like no like this is like robert he's saying hi to you like do you not talk to him because he's not, <laughs> i don't know like like uh, to me it, it's wild and then the seventh one uh they haven't found a healthy emotional outlet whether it's therapy religion journaling um let's go to therapy have- we always say that on the podcast just the need to reflect um especially if you're dating in a more i would say heteronormative sense of course as queer people and the, having to come out right you know we already have to go through self-reflection and then still go through therapy so if a straight male or just a, a male in general who is not really aware it would probably be hard for you I imagine yeah you know and then there's something that I didn't learn until like maybe like two years ago about like you know I, when I thought of coming out I thought it was just like this one and done thing and then my friend was kind of like no like there are layers like some people are out in certain circles and some are not out in certain other ones so it's not just like a one-time event like it's not like yeah and that for me I don't know I that was just something I, I learned recently too um yeah, we're always learning I, always always learning always learning and then the the eighth one um you know Rafi your video really brought this one up to me in, in my mind how there's no diversity in their friend group 100 percent 100 percent that is so important the ninth one is the tour guide thing like I'm not going to put any effort into mm-hmm. any dates or anything so I'm not going to put any effort I feel probably you're not going to put any effort in like housekeeping or anything you just want to have a nice <laughs> vacation um and then 10 they refuse to meet halfway people that choose restaurants outside their apartment and then expect someone to come all the way across the city for it's a no-go yeah, I've uh, I've had to go uh, across uh, the river a couple of times to Virginia. I was a Virginia, uh, <laughs> and um, um, and the person had was supposed to have a whole date planned out for me, and didn't have anything planned, and so that was a big big no no. And that's how that, I will say that those are things that you I wouldn't you say that would like weed out a date immediately. Yeah, well, yeah, no, but the, I guess for me, I'd be like, well, I'm here. So well, I, I tried and, and we tried and then I just ended up gearing the day back. I was like, fine, I know where to go, where I need to go in DC. So let's just whip it back. Um, but aside from being a social, uh, a social, social life maven, uh, Jade also speaks a lot about uh, uh, tremendous po- uh, politics that go on in DC that a lot of other uh, social media platforms sometimes don't touch on. And something that you do uh, often is break down these situations for people that don't have, don't understand the okay. jargon and don't know the, the the lingo and how to communicate about these certain topics. You do a really good job of breaking them down. For example, mm-hmm. you you uh, you tuned in for this uh, city hall about the encampments on M Street, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I did. Oh no, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, and I, I well the, the hard part too. I mean, DC government, everybody will you know says that it's super confusing, but I think oftentimes they don't. Um, you have to really be in certain circles to like know what's going on. Like in terms of like that, that thing I only saw because um, the ward four council member, uh, George Lewis, George, I believe mm-hmm. is the last mm-hmm. name on this one. Um, sorry. I, I always just know her from her like Instagram handle. So yeah. this is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> At Laura's George DC. <laughs> yeah. And um, so she, uh, but she, she shared that there was this hearing going on. I was like, hmm, I should tune into this. And that's when I heard all of these sound bites 
that I don't think anybody else would have seen. And like, I think because we are in the national, we, we are in the nation's capital, that sometimes like if something big is happening on the Capitol Hill, like we just, the, the news and all our attention is towards that. But then like when it comes to local things, nobody cares. Like everyone it's has so a right. like mm-hmm. Afghanistan. Everyone has a solution in DC for abortion. Everyone has a solution for this. But if I was like, okay, so like, what's your opinion on the currently DCPS three schools going virtual? Everyone's like, oh, I didn't know about that. Like nobody has yeah. it because they don't care. But for me, I'm like, you know, we all vote in these elections. Like if you elected this person, you're accountable to them. Like we should like really like learn more about it. Um, and it's been pretty receptive. I think the hardest part too is that there is a pretty significant and large um, part of hearing community in DC. Mm, yes. um, they, uh, you know, these, these hearings, they're not really well transcribed. There's no one there like, like signing or anything and so I think for that for them in particular it's like you know I try to whenever I, I pull stuff to like write stuff and like that takes the hardest part is to caption out everything but yeah. I think at that point it's it, you know I need to do it too so yeah, it has to be accessible and in promoting equity it's just important that everyone has a voice that can participate and like you said, um, sometimes it can be a bit vapid, a little bit shallow in D.C., and people are really in their bubble. So like you said, government and not realizing I'm an educator. So, of course, I realize schools are closing. But not only that, what's going on in healthcare or homelessness or the government, because you have to kind of be aware of all of these factors and how they um, interplay with each other, honestly. Yeah. And um, especially, you know, I, I imagine you guys have experienced this too, at least in your realms. I mean, for when I think about like what's happening in LGBTQ space, think of you guys, think of DC homos, I think of the as you are bars, like really give like the truth of the situation. Like you guys are like my reputable sources. Um, but like for me, it's like, you know, whenever this stuff with the Asian, Asian hate community, right there, for me, there's like probably one or there's probably like three Asian influencers I can think of. And they really, we really don't talk about it. And so for me, I'm like, I have to talk about it because I like, I have this platform. I should use it for something to, mm-hmm. to speak about. So yeah. I'm really grateful that I've had these followers um, join me though on this like little adventure. It's funny, like half of them are there for the events and the other half just want to hear my hot takes. So. And you have to find the balance. I think that's also too. I, and I'm also, I, I'm on that side. I love hearing what your opinions are on everything only because it just, it also changes the narrative. And that leads me to my next question is what do you think the biggest mi- misconception about the DC community is um, regarding, and j- just in general, what do you think the biggest misconception when someone, when someone says a blatant remark about DC, what do you think the biggest misconception is? Um, when people comment about DC culture, mm-hmm. Like if I just said DC culture out loud, um, I think in certain, we're not always talking about the same thing. Like if I said, oh, like this is just DC prices. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty universal. But when people say like, oh, it's just DC culture. And I'm like, this is transplant culture. Like in my head, this is DC culture. Like this is, this is a representation of it. Like that's like, if we were all talking about Spider-Man, there's so many variations of Spider-Man. They might be valid Spider-Mans, right? About which one you like. You might like Tobey Maguire, you might like a Tom Holland, but that being said, they're not the same. And so I think that's that's one thing is that when people talk about culture, they really don't get the like, they, they, they make this large assumption, I think for a lot of people, that's not real. Uh, 100%. I, and that's what I would say as well is that we, there's so many different kinds of community. There's consulting community. But yeah, I think you said it the best, best yourself. What is that transplant culture? Because transplant culture is uh, re- re- replicated in so many major cities at this moment. Like if you go to New York, 
and you go out to uh, West, uh, not West Hollywood, but um, for Hell's Kitchen or yeah. West Hollywood. About that, or LA. Kitchen, yeah. And you and you go to or West Hollywood, or you go to the Austin scene, um, or Seattle. You go to the hubs that uh, tend to have a lot of these same people in the same jobs. That's where rep- transplant culture, like you said, is replicated. In that sense, every every city would be the same. But no, DC has a, such a unique culture um, that has been so solid for so many years. And so I think that's always something that people forget is that if you live your life and not know, if you don't know anybody that actually lives here, you know, how well have you gotten to know the city is what we say. Yeah, and, and I think also too, I mean, I don't blame those people, right? Because I yeah. feel like what happens is that like the same, like, you know, a lot of people that are like, let's, let's, go, let's just keep shitting on Hill Staffers, like Hill Staffers, for example, right? They yeah. as end up being in Hill Staffer circles, which are yeah. typically in circles. And so like once you find your group, like you, you know, for me, it's like there's, there is no interest in my mind right now to go to like A Street Country Club, you know, like I've done it yeah. once. But that, that, for example, is a typical transplant spot, typical yeah. to the typical, right? But like those people want to go discover it together. And for me, I'm like, okay, y'all can do that. And that's, I think, where these little communities, you know, it's like they they go to different areas of the city, but they will often just be like, oh, yeah, this is just DC culture. And I'm like, no, this is like some Midwestern, Midwestern, goes to J. Crew, <laughs> likes, likes wine, drink wine yeah. to a box <laughs> at point, straight. Like, the, <laughs> like the, you know, these that is transplant culture. Mm-hmm. um in my head and like you're like little twisty funky candles and you're you're thrifting like not there's nothing wrong with thrifting but like there's a typical kind of transplant thrifting oh 100 um, percent. like that what, whole- what, what was the place called on 14th street that closed down because it was really bad clothes for such an exuberant amount of price oh they okay. moved they didn't close they moved where was it what, what? Oh, no, I was- no wait common boutique they moved- <laughs> no but i'm not talking about buffalo exchange i'm not talking about buffalo exchange i'm yeah, talking about common boutique, the one beside black cat no, this one, I'm talking about the one that was, it was called like, oh, it started with the C. It, it was, no, on the corner of 14th and U, and it's yeah. now like a smoke shop. What's it called? What was it called? Oh, gosh, it's a European place. Oh, it, it was something, like, something, I don't know. Yeah. It, but it was just like very, so yeah, that is something like, I was like, this is not, a, this is not thrifting. This isn't like, just, just use clothes. Regular for, shopping. For $27 for a shirt. No, thank you. My question is, when does, as transplants, when does it not be become transplant culture? Is there a time where it, it transitions to becoming just DC culture? Do you feel like a transplant? Hmm. Like, when can you, when does the gate come down and we welcome you as a native? Like, <laughs> when you have children, no. Like, when you, yeah, I think, I think that there are just, like, these, what I, um, what I say are these, like, big events that happen growing up. And like, but I think as transplants are here for longer in the city, they'll experience an event. And so like, for example, one of the big events I would say is like, oh, do you remember the zebras that ran loose? Like, I think yeah, that would be yeah. a current big event that like 10 years from now, native DC, native Washingtonians will gatekeep against transplants and be like, oh, well, you weren't here 10 years ago when the zebras were That's here. Like, there's like these weird lines, I think, of events that have happened. Like, I, I mean, 100 percent. Because I mean I'm 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 from New York originally, and I think we gate kept 9/11, which is such a weird response to all that. But you were there. <laughs> you were there. that is such a real thing. That was like such a real thing over here. Like, so no, that was uh, that was a wild time. But uh, more so, moving on to like just life in DC and going on with everything. Uh, what are you talking to anybody right now? What's the what's the tea with that? 
you know, so I am I talking to anyone? Kind of. Well, multiple yes, people. Yes, multiple people, honey. I was say that means oh, yes, yes, multiple people. And oh wait, are you are you like? You should. Are you straight, bisexual? I, I'm straight. I'm straight. Oh, um, um, but I I would say that like. Yeah, there are slim pickings in that world in DC to date. Uh, it's not, it's a hard time. I think what's most wild for me is, so I just, you, as you both know, I don't think we've announced it yet on the podcast that I'm home quarantining from COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, how many fuck boys came out of the woods when they heard I had COVID? And I'm like, wow, you guys are like trying, either like, oh, Jade, I can drop off anything. And in my head, I'm like, where was this a year ago? Like all of these random numbers and like, they're not on my phone, but like on my laptop. And so I'm like, who is this person that's talking to me? But yeah, talking to like three people right now. Um, and as like, a, as, as an Asian American, how do you like, as an Asian American woman, how do you navigate that as far as race and just like class? How do you like navigate how these people perceive you? That's, that's a hard question. Um, uh, you so know, we do here. Yeah, right. I would say the the most interesting way for I like when I knew like certain people weren't the one for me is I invited like this one guy I was seeing for a while and he you know it just it didn't work out because we this is just a random shit that happens in my life. His girlfriend was coming back from like Maui after like four years and they got back together. It was like some wild thing. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, good luck with your girlfriend coming back from Maui. Like. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But like he but he, for example, he went to an Asian hate rally with me. And like that was when I knew like he was there for the cause. Like, or for example, there's another guy I invited to like the Asian Art Museum. And he like went with me, even though like mm. he knew nothing about it, but he was like down to learn. So I think it's like these like interesting, like you don't I, I try to say like, okay, like are you interested in, in just because I look this way? Are you interested in like all of me? And like let me put you right. in a conversation and see like how you do um and if you're willing to learn and that's kind of where my little indicator is i i still get like i was going through this one dating phase on hinge where like i went to on a date with three like policy analysts and they all ended up being asian policy analysts and i was like what the fuck is wrong with me? like what's happening and were they asian or did they just study oh, asian policy? who are like into japan or into the state department and i mean like you know for me it's like okay but you you know actually i don't think people know this but the state department actually has like this internalized policy don't quote me on it that they don't like to put actual asian americans in asia um for like station there because oftentimes the local asians will look down on these asian americans and they really respect like apparently the the more caucasian people but also like oftentimes let's say like for me like i family in the philippines like i would be considered like leverage mm. if something were to happen and so a part of me is like okay you're like this big shot analyst but do you realize like there is a structural reason for why this might be like because other more qualified people aren't allowed because their families who get kidnapped like to me it's like this like yeah so yeah a lot of layers there's a lot of layers a lot of layers but yeah i think for me it has to be yeah like if once they start mentioning animes or how much they love sushi or how much they love korean barbecue that kind of stuff i'm like mm, i don't know do you actually like me like i mean rafi do people do this with you with like tacos like i mean like what what is it what is your what's your version um, of it you must well, have a version why, that's why i wanted to tap into this conversation because as people of color um who speak uh english like every other american who was born in america 
um and like who have been because we have i i'm assuming we've all learned especially like cameron as well because born in north carolina i oh, <laughs> uh cut that out <laughs> especially uh new new uh being born in north carolina um i would say something that i've had to process being in dc is that i get a lot of white guys hitting on me like that's what i get consistently of is white guys um and it won't be like so much such transparent things about like food or anything like that it'll be more so the power dynamic and how they expect me to treat them like i'm automatically seeing like i have to be more like of the the chivalrous (laughs) guy and very much like i should be the like my last like my last boyfriend made me out to be like i was gonna be the father of the children i was gonna be doing all the paternal things and I don't fit into that mold of just being one genderized thing. Mm-hmm. And so something I've had to navigate now is like, similar to what you said earlier, is ask these questions on like, what about me? Is it like, like not obviously on the first day, but like, what, what, what no, is it? No, on the first day. No, on the first No, there's other questions you ask on the first day, but I don't, I want to know like, what is, what, 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 a treat, what, what did attract me to you? Like, is, am I the first Latino person you dated? Um, but recently I've just started vetting more so to where I've told Nunu, I don't see myself dating white people anymore. Like, and that's, what's the hardest yeah. thing is because you're getting mostly white Especially people in the DMs city. And, yeah. and then I don't know about you, but I'll go af- in gay communities, especially, and Nunu can attest when you go after like a person of color, um, chances are they're going to look, they're, they're trying to date another white person. And that's something I consistently see in my experience. So I was wondering I, how you kind of vet out these these fuck boys. Yeah, I, I guess I, I have two comments on it. And I brought my first one. But the second one was that, yeah, one thing that's really, I guess, I don't want to say hurt, but it, it kind of hurts for me is, well, you know, I remember my first one, but it hurts is that, like, a lot of guys all go on great dates. We get along. And I'm like, you know, I can talk about, like, this the immigrant burden and like mm. about how you know my mom lives close to me and I move back to the area to be close to her because like the immigrant guilt is so strong and like mm. in Asian households you kind of like yeah. take care of parents you don't we don't ship our parents off to retirement homes like we take care of them at home yeah. and like you know I get to talk about that with like another Chinese guy like and they like understand it completely but then like after a certain point they're like oh Jade you know I, I really respect you I want to be friends with you but I don't think this is going to be a match and then I see them going on a date with like a white girl next and they'll be like texting me asking me for advice like where to bring this like white girl on a date and like i would choose like mexico or something for them um <laughs> they're gonna be there for a while just so you know because of that service no shade <laughs> well i mean it's like white girls like that stuff and like, oh, okay i thought you meant like that's i thought you meant because the service is so bad that it would be there for no, a while no i just chose mexico so i'm like i think shade. white girls like it and um i don't like white girls would and um you know, but then like, but then I, to me, I'll be like, okay, so like, you know, I'll be like, so like, Sam, like you are Chinese, like both your parents, you're the firstborn son, which in Asian and Chinese culture is like very mm-hmm. much like all burdens on you. Like, when are you going to tell like Cindy over here that your mom is going to live in your basement? Like, are you actually going to have this conversation with this girl? You just want to date a white girl. Like, <laughs> she gonna, like, well, thank <laughs> you for bringing that up. Like immigrant <laughs> culture is a huge thing. And like these, these things that, that I, well, okay. Cause like if I dated a uh, black American or uh, even well okay, mm. somewhat so not like we'll see Latino Americans even even the even the most separated Latino Americans I would say 
that have that that are even like that are that are second generation. I still think that first generation traditionality of their parents are going to be. You know what I'm saying? Those kinds of things are still prevalent. But I would say like a general American that was born in America wouldn't understand certain those kinds of things. But I extend it. I I guess I like put the lens on the white guys that are hitting on me and say they won't be able to if they don't show interest in learning Spanish so they can communicate to my parents. That makes it harder for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. that's what I think about is yeah. like, how would they communicate and dig with the culture? Also, if I go back to El Salvador, I don't want to be the person bringing back their white boyfriend to El Salvador. You know what I'm saying? Those things like kind of like make me feel a some type of way. And so that's kind of how I've kind of, that's what I was also leading to too. The, this, I wonder, I wonder the, if you go through that. Yeah, no, I, I brought it up. I mean, honestly, this is like a really serious conversation I, I have with guys, but like, and you know so and definitely been some guys like down for the cause and it's worked out and like i i'm really you know and like we're not just like hook up guys whatever but like because I, I don't i still don't think they're the one but like when the asian hate crimes are super prevalent like and they still are mm-hmm. but like, when they're really prevalent i like told a guy flat out like you know if we end up together you're gonna have an asian looking daughter or an asian looking son and if you have an asian looking son he's gonna be treated like he you know like he's gonna like a sec you know like as all people of color second class citizens especially asian men are not as respected or considered quote manly or whatever it is in our societal eyes. It's not considered beautiful. And if you have an Asian daughter, she's going to be like treated like a submissive person. And like, you want to just date me, but if we're going to end up together, your kids are going to look like me and they're going to be treated like how I am. So I need you to be like down for the cause here outside of just like, it's not, it's not, it's not just like you being okay. It's the whole relationship. It's a lifelong commitment here. And also committing to, committing to white, in-laws no shade but how, like, what's your experience been with meeting like the white in-laws white parents and being introduced to that culture as family um you know i would say that there's <laughs> some weird misconceptions still about because i'm mixed i'm half chinese filipino half white like there's still mm. a lot of misconceptions about like how my dad could okay my mom like oh was she was he in the military or the kinds right. of jobs that my like my dad was like my mom was the breadwinner of my family growing up and like my dad was a teacher and I think that in itself is completely unorthodox to what most people think about and think of like yeah. white male female they don't think of the Asian woman as the breadwinner mm-hmm. like in our tradition like in this framework so I think for me it's always like it's just uncomfortable like no it's not like that like actually like you know my mom you know my mom actually speaks fluent English because she's from the Philippines like let me like that. Like we were colonized by America after the Spanish American yeah. War. Like we like trying to lay this like groundwork. But yeah, it's not. It's you know I, I can charm anyone, and I just like and I've worked as a bartender, so you just kind of like okay, like whatever. I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and my and I'm kind of fortunate because my dad lives in West Virginia, in the middle of nowhere, and I've definitely felt like some weird microaggressions there, but also acceptance in West Virginia too. But like it's been able to give me a lot of like experience of having to explain how this whole works yeah but uh yeah i mean like i don't know do you think do you think that like how do you relay that though like the whole like if you end up with me like like i need it might be hello like how do you how do you convey that i feel it's so hard though the like whole like i need you to not be just okay with sleeping with me but being in a relationship with me yeah, regardless, I, I think, think because we don't have to, I don't have to worry about the kids as much because I don't, I don't think that's ASAP what, what I go towards. No, fuck kids, but y'all. One thing, one thing I would say is that is like, <laughs> how do you feel? How would you feel that like my at home skills are like different than yours or like that my 
like what I'm accustomed to at home and how I behave at home is so much different than how you probably would upskill or like deal with yourself. And also there's another thing that I've dealt with my white partners in the past or just other people in the past. Just Americans, I would say. Americans is that they they forget that like there are like holidays are such a huge thing in in Salvadorian Latino culture. Like we celebrate holidays on the 24th and like the Christmas on the 24th. And so that's something I stand by and I don't I don't want to change. You go. And so and so I will say like dating just any American would be hard to introduce that. And so something my I had a conversation with someone recently is that's why they've ended up dating more international and dating people from just different countries and not just like, like I said, no, no particular race or anything, but just like they've noticed that when they date away from the American crowd, it makes their immigration culture that they grew up with a lot more easier, no matter what they look like, no matter if it's white, uh, black or like Latino, Asian, or Middle Eastern, it's been just a consistent, like they have just like similar idea, like similarities because they're from a different country. And right, the Americans are kind of terrible. You know, we we like to, as you point out, I think I learned a lot in my just my friendship with Rafi, just realizing how ingrained it is. Like there's certain things that you might not realize. Like I know years ago, I was I, you know, not even realizing that certain things weren't part of culture, like tacos were not part inherently a part of the culture no tacos are i want no 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 no, no. no hard shell tacos sorry hard shell tacos hard shell tacos um you know there's there's little things that you know you'd be like oh yeah even me being woke and working in these environments sometimes you're like oh i don't know culturally all the time would, what happens at home or food or just responses or the way people talk like you said earlier so it's just i think it's just another layer in addition to them possibly being of another race <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, food is a great example, right? Like, I remember I, I asked a guy, can we get Chinese food? And he was like, I don't want dim sum right now, was his response back to me. And I was like, dim sum, like, is the equivalent of saying, like, if I were to say, like, do you want to have American food tonight? And you said, I don't want burgers. And that's like, what, there's steaks and there's like. Yeah. No, that's exactly the right response. That is American food. <laughs> that's like, exactly the right response. There's a lot more variety than just dim Like, but that was his knee jerk back. Like, oh, I don't want dim sum. Like, if I were to say, like, oh, do you want Mexican? They'd be like, I don't want tacos. Or do you yeah. want Thai food? I don't want pad Thai. Just, I just, you want oh, it's so, like. What they've been exposed to. Uh, versus like the whole experience that 100% I think that's something that I really appreciate especially knowing that you come from that like immigrant standpoint is like seeing like how how it is like in your first generation you said too um I, I always get this confused my mom immigrated here so I guess I'm first from her first year yeah, she immigrated right. yeah she yeah, immigrated so, yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you the first person to graduate from university in your family um no I no, I wasn't, but I think that like my mom's upbringing in the Philippines, university was just like something women did before they got married off. Oh, God. Not as something that you did as like an actual career. And yeah. um, and my dad was the first one. So they were, mm-hmm. but both my parents, honestly, if I were to go back into it, they were useless and they know they were at like helping me with college. They're just like, you're yeah. kind of smart. You can figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I yeah. feel like, I don't know, in some experiences, like, you know, my parent, my mom, my dad would be like, oh, it's so hard now. We don't know. We don't know what this is. And like, mm-hmm. I didn't have, for example, I remember my, my, when I, when I moved into my dorm, my mom just like dropped me off. And like I had to move myself, and I just remember like seeing the girls across the hall, and their whole parents would come in, 
And they were talking about like they had their Nordstrom bags and like, all of this stuff. And I was like, yeah, like I'm taking out like how much in, in student loan debt? Like this is, yeah. So uh, no, not the first, but in some ways it, it feels like it. It feels like that because the way we had to, because I was the first one to graduate from university, my my family. So I had to do the same thing. FAFSA was done on my, on my own. And it kind of makes you feel like you had to grow up faster, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Because like, but, and also just like, this idea I feel like not wanting to be a burden mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. this like I don't want to burden anyone because my parents sacrificed everything to come here so I don't want to burden them more with troubles like I, I don't want to I don't want to you know I don't know this is just something I, I go through it's like I don't want to I don't want to be a burden on my parents because the guilt is so strong <laughs> and some something we also we talk about is cultures as in how like we are we are millennials are the first generation that are gonna see like when you're a person of color millennials of color could be the first one to be able to like substantiate culture for us in a new way in this country and how do you feel asian americans have started to ingrain like their stamp on american culture uh for example like how like latino and black people have moved like stampled their specific cultures in their in their particular things, how do you think, where do you, where do you see Asian Americans going with their platform or the, their voice in America? I think, well, it's, it's funny to so growing up when I remember when I was like in middle school, there was a Cheerios commercial, was it middle school? It was something like that. It was like a Cheerios commercial of just like a black and a white person. And so yeah. they were a couple. And I remember my mom saying like, you never saw this in the eighties. Like not as if it was bad, like not like a judgment call, but yeah. just, there was no representation back then. Right, right. Like, so whenever, like, my mom sees, like, an Asian character in a movie playing a dominant role, she was like, this is new. Like, this is never, like, my mom has pointed out these differences to me all the time. Like, if we see a bus going by and there's an Asian person on, she's like, this, this is completely new. So I feel like there's, like, these subtle shows of representation that are slowly coming up and just, like, in in less loud ways. Like, in in the advertising, it's no longer just, like, I think before it just be played off as like um, racially ambiguous girl doing hair. Now it's like we actually we don't have to just like blend all the people of color as like a random girl in Garnier. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's definitely distinct. So I think it's like in that way. But then also, I mean, I think what's going to happen first is um, East Asian culture is going to come and really enter. And it's not to say that like there is not a presence of Filipinos or Laotian people or Vietnamese. I just feel like. America has been very palatable to K-pop and to all of these like K-dramas that that's going to enter in first. And then because of that, it's kind of like all all boats lift up together that eventually like maybe like Netflix producers or whatever will be like, okay, like this South Korean show did well, like maybe a Vietnamese show that we produce will do great. Like, Mm -hmm. and then it will slowly emerge. But I think they're going to be kind of the biggest movers first. I don't, I mean, I don't really know what it's like in the Latino community. It's like Mexico is like the big mover. And then that's slowly, mm-hmm. cause that's what America knows the most. And yeah. then the question. All boats. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Aquafina? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, she always plays the same role besides <laughs> the farewell, but it's okay. Like there's some actors that only play the same role. I will, I will definitely say that she, like I said, I think that that's what, I don't think that's up to her. I think that's always been what they've casted her as. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what they've, that's no. the, that, <laughs> like, well, it's like, up to her, but okay, go ahead. It's like the girl from Mean Girls, right? Like the, the blonde chick, she was like the mean girl in all the movies, like, or was it her? It, whenever, like those 90 movies, you always have the mm-hmm. same high school mm-hmm. posse. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's just she's always loud, and I just I <laughs> that yeah, I, yeah. I would just say that because I think the biggest thing, um, I guess this year was Shang Chi and the Ten Rings in terms of yeah. representation, and people were really excited. I did watch it recently, and I was surprisingly disappointed. What? Okay, you're allowed to be. You're allowed to be disappointed. I guess I just wanted more. <laughs> oh, okay, that's not a bad. That's not a. That's not a real critique. That's like saying like, oh, I'm I'm sad that the movie ended. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, like that's just okay. All right. Like, <laughs> what if it was 132 minutes? Would that have been better? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just wanted a different take on. Just, just the the culture in general. I think they. I, it felt like people were trying to do like a Black Panther thing, which was different. I just want to point out for Black Americans because we are not from Africa, so like that was not a representation of personally my culture. It was just yeah. something cool with Black faces. But I felt like Shang Chi was like, yeah, we're gonna do a traditional story of like kung fu and that. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. I guess I, in the same way that Coco was very the exactly, which which has been re, I guess regurgitated. so much more to the so, culture. That's why I was like regurgitated well, in so many different ways. It, it felt more to me like an immigrant story than it felt like an Asian American story. I don't know, just like this idea of guilt, and not I want to say. Well, I feel like in America, and for some reason, we're always typecast as like really trying to feel like safe face and honor. And I'm like, I don't. That's never my parents like never that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've never. <laughs> I've never been told this in my life. I've told them yeah. disappointed them, never dishonored them. Um, yeah. yeah, I but I would say the one difference that I saw that I liked about Shang-Chi, for example, is that you had like the food dogs, you had the dragons, you had yeah. like, all these different like characters, right? But like they didn't explain them to the audience. Right. Oh. And I felt like Black mm-hmm. Panther, it was like, let me show you and explain to you what each of this or like it was very like. I don't know. No, I agree with you because the first 10 minutes were like all in Chinese, which I thought was important. I was like, yeah, make people read, you know, like yeah. encourage that. I, I definitely agree. I think it was moments. I just, like you said, well, it, think- it was a little traditional honor. There was a disappointed grandma. It was just very like. <laughs> yeah. I liked though, for example, the, um, the, in the beginning scene when they're in the house and they're like talking to Aquafina's family mm-hmm. and like the and the grandma, I'm like, that scene, that entire scene, I'm like, that, that is everyone's living room. Like, that is like. It's real. It, that, that felt real. And then, like, also there were, there's a moment when, like, when Aquafina doesn't know Chinese. And, like, she says that she's bad at Chinese. And I think that moment was, like, very crucial for Asian Americans in, in general. Because I feel like there's always, within our culture, a lot of gatekeeping of, like, if you yeah. don't know. If you don't know the language, how can you claim it? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> those those are like the two big moments I think that like really, really peaked out to all of us. But yeah, you know, I also I didn't really get the end part where like the sister took over. I mean, there's certain yeah, I mean, we, we all have our own. But I thought it was a good movie. I don't know, Rafi help. <laughs> like no, no, I, no, I it's like, bad. I just thought I wanted to be when, like that when you said when you said earlier speaking on how I think Salvador or like Latino culture has been stapled in this new world that we in the millennials i do think that this is the first generation that's going to show latino money in a different way uh, it's going to be moved away from cuban people um and more so central american i do see that like more people that like central americans uh, millennials were the were the biggest group of central americans to start going to college and university 
And so those are things that I've been thinking about, but also along the ways of media, social media and all that stuff, I would say that the pioneers of culture for us are not Mexicans. I would definitely say they're Dominican, Puerto Ricans, because they play Puerto reggaeton. Rican. Reggaeton is like, reggaeton yeah. is our K-pop, right? That's what like people, white people can be like, oh, that is Latino music. Before like merengue or like those kinds of things. I think that's yeah. like the new age genre that I think has been palatable to Americans now. So I think that this is the new like merge of that. But what I, what, I, what I would want for Latino community in the sense is more dominant women figures in Latino community because all our main voices are men. In music, they're men. People say Carol G. Carol G is not, I love Carol G. Carol G has not been- um, Y Rosalia. Uh, and Rosa, but Rosa, okay, you love to throw Rosalia even though she's a white woman from Spain. Um, <laughs> so wrong. Okay. No, that is actually right. So, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not gonna like give anyone misinformation. I'm gonna block your camera out right now and tell everyone, yes, Rosalie is a white woman from Spain. So um, but I would say those kinds of things. Like that's how I see my like culture be represented a lot more. And makes me allow at the end of the day, even though I'm not Puerto Rican or or Dominican. I feel seen when merengue music is going on because that's how I celebrate. That's how we celebrate. We listen to merengue. We listen to salsa. And so that's kind of why I asked that question is what, like, where do you see, like, how do you feel? How, where do you, how, how will, by the, when we take our last breath on this planet, honey, where do you think, how, what, how many ways have you, will you be able to be seen as a person? You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what I'm asking. Well, I feel like when, when the, the, the grocery store, removes the ethnic aisle that is what right <laughs> first of all not them putting all our stuff in the same aisle <laughs> always yeah even capital market also, over here <laughs> that sounds so bad i forgot who is the artist but for he was showing like you know in like chinese cooking or just asian cooking like you know like spam is like not in chinese but like in like filipino communities like spam yeah. is like big popular food yeah. item right but you never yeah. see that in the ethnic aisle like that mm -hmm. is because it's accepted i think by majority america so yeah. it's, it's where the vienna sausages are but like there's for some reason i don't know i feel like a lot of that stuff when like the rice is like there's no reason that asian rice should be separate from other rice or like <laughs> noodles like faux noodles in my mind are this should be in the pasta section but they're not yeah. like they're all in this like weird um ethnic section yeah i found when, the aisle like yeah, <laughs> you're reading through all the sauces, everything. Yeah, 100. That's how it was growing up. Like I, 100. Another, I think, immigrant experience, right? Is like your mom sends you down to the aisle. You don't know what she's asking you for because there's so many different kinds of things that have like so many. Or it's not the brand they want. It's like yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it's not the brand they want. And you know, it's funny. I was in this Virginia. In, I remember this one experience from like Virginia Tech, like 10 years ago. I was in this class, or maybe it's now like eight years ago. And the and the teacher because it was like international trade class. And so the teacher is just asking a really low ball question, like, why is there papaya in the giant in Blacksburg, Virginia? And the correct answer would have been like, oh, international trade and like whatever. The a guy raised his hand. He's like, because it's the ethnic people like it. <laughs> and that is too much. That is and too I was much. like, OK, well, yeah. So I think when I would say that my last breath, I hope by then the ethnic section is gone <laughs> yeah. in the supermarket and then and then i will feel really really realized like even you can accept their culture you can celebrate it but if you segregate us in the in the in the grocery store you really do not 
accept us. Yeah. <laughs> so on the day all, I want to ask everyone their final thoughts. I can't believe it's been an hour we've been talking, y'all. It's felt like uh-huh. just minutes. Uh, but I want to respect everyone's time. What are our final thoughts, final questions, thoughts on DC, life, or what you want for 2022 as we're a week away or so? Hmm. Well, I guess I have a question for both of y'all because you guys have up too. Um, so big. And I remember when, I mean, I still go through this all the time, right? Where I like, I kind of question myself, like how, what do I share to the, like, what does the public need to know about me? Like, what do I keep to myself? Like, I guess in this whole, like, you know, you, I remember Rafi, said so you got recognized on the street. Like, how has this experience been for y'all? Like in your, you know, and people getting to know you and watch you and consuming you and your story. Because oftentimes, like, I'll meet someone on the street. They know everything about me. I know this much. Like, I know, I don't even know if they have brothers. Like, I know nothing about them, right? And so I'm, I'm just curious, like, how have you guys navigated this? Go ahead. I mean, that part is so real. I feel like so many people, like, will know more about me. Because I'm really, like, especially on this podcast, I'm an open book. Like, I'll say something and it's out there in the ether. People will know. Um, but something that I've know, learned and something that and I think I was going to bring this up to you too, and I think you'll relate to this, is in the game of social media, um, it's, we, we are forced into our, to take a look at ourselves as in, in the way that what people view as view, view in us and like where we stand in the hierarchy, where, where as a Latino, gay, Salvadorian person, where I fit in. And I, and to me, I've always said like, I am the first, uh, at least from what I've seen, like I must be for the, for the first gay Latino, Salvadorian, not even gay, gay Salvadorian person, uh, like so outrightly speaking against people that don't even know what Salvadorians are. You know what I'm saying? Like all these white, all these, all these, all these transplants, they don't even know what El Salvador is most of the time, but I'm out here having a platform for them. But also, DC has one of the largest El Salvadorian communities, doesn't it? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's why I think like I I always lead with that. Like we have such a thriving Salvadorian population, but this our voice here is very amongst ourselves, and no one really like thinks to raise it. And so that's why I have really jumped into this experience head first. However, because I'm Salvadorian, gay. Um, and very opinionated. I mean, right now we are blocked on TikTok for the next three days because we had, after I announced about pictures, I got a bunch of white pictures people coming at me and trying to block, like trying to get our videos taken down. And so there's these things that like white creators don't have to deal with. They just copy. And we, that's what I was going to bring up is like how they just like take our literal, like just now, I think someone made a video about like Nova or whatever. It was a again low-hanging fruit joke that I made. And someone else like replicated it and it was a white person. And it was like like so many people engaged, so many more people engaged with it. And then you know what I'm saying? So you kind of see where no matter how popular you like popular your content is, there's you're always gonna be seen for what you are, and you're always gonna have they're always gonna try to hold that thumb over you. And so I think that's kind of what I've been trying to do is like, um, as I, and that's what I've been focusing on more and taking pride in is the fact that at the end of the day, no matter if I'm being shadow banned or being this or that, that at the end of the day, I had an opportunity to just be a, a, a Salvadorian gay person speaking their opinion and not being shy or ashamed of it. And that's, I think that's what I've taken over the most with this platform. What about you, Nunu? Me, uh, it's been a very different experience for me. I just gotta come 
at it with gratitude. That's all. Um, obviously, I have this, this shield, this mask of New Paris, so I don't have the experiences. Though I have been with Rafi a lot where he's gotten noticed, and I just hide when I'm out of the makeup because I I don't think I can do that. Um, as a Gemini, I don't really, you know, share who I am <laughs> a lot of the time. So I've never had any issues with that. But what I have enjoyed about DC is I feel supported. I know that sounds, can sound weird as a person of color, but knowing other queer artists follow me and support me is really important. And I, I really have felt that, and especially me being um, not as city as you all right i'm not rocking around i'm not in it um but i i definitely am adjacent to it and to be a part of it is it, just really wonderful for me and i hope that it just grows and i know it will because of the content because of rafi's voice because of our collaborations with people like jade and other other influencers so i'm just grateful that's it and what about you that's a great question for you too you're on mute <laughs> Oh, is she? Oh, oh my God. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think just you, I, nowadays, I try to make sure that, like, I think just the stakes get so much higher when your platform grows, too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I definitely nowadays have to do this whole, like, I pause, like, five seconds before I post. So I'm like, is this, do I, do I stand by this tomorrow as I stand by this now? Who is this content for? Is it because I just want to spark rage or is it like actually an opinion? And right now, like, especially the Omicron, I'm like, does anybody actually care about my opinion? Like in this, you know, this like, but I, I would say that it's, it's definitely therapy has helped. I mean, we all talked, we talked about therapy earlier. Like, therapy has helped a lot. And also just the amount of, um, uh, like learning, just learning tricks now, I guess, and engaging in DMs and stuff. Like I remember this, um, this person was so mad when I, when I shared this, profile that was like so yellow fever it was just yellow fever and mm-hmm. um this person was returned which is this whole thing about their return peace corps volunteer from thailand and how they didn't feel seen and it was like paragraphs and like jade of last year would have like tried to like diffuse the situation but jade of this year was like i'm sorry you feel that way but we don't have to talk about this and like end it so yeah just Growth, like learn. Right learn. There. you learn as you go but it's, it's really hard it's really hard yeah and in a tradition, when we have interviews on here, it's been a couple, it's been a whole two seasons since we've had an interview. So you're, you're our first interview in, I, I would say, a year. So thank you for doing oh. Two years, two years, actually. Uh, but a good, wow. um, a good uh, question that we would say is, because this podcast is called Wait, Don't Do It, what would you tell someone in D.C. that's listening to this podcast that could relate to everything you said tonight? What would you tell them? Wait, just don't do this. Um just just don't stop trusting your gut like don't don't stop trusting your gut because you know so you know better than anyone else like you know you can't you can't you know I I guess for me I think sometimes I feel like I need to give into say the majority white culture and Mm -hmm. it's like no like I can trust my gut and like I'm okay with where I'm planted and like the people that raise as seeds like I'm okay with like my identity like just trust your gut. And I think that's, don't second guess yourself. It's so easy to, the algorithms make it so they make money when you do like, yeah, just trust yourself. Yeah. Don't lose it. Don't lose trusting yourself in your gut. 
Wait, wait, don't lose it. I just touched your gut, period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and where can everyone find you? Because of course, clock out DC, but uh, when's the TikTok coming out? When's the uh, OnlyFans coming out? <laughs> oh my God. You know, I, yeah, right, right. In the sugar situation. I mean, you can't find me at the Crucible. Um, let's see here. Uh, um, you know, I think just like I'm answering for now, the TikTok could be a 2022 thing, but you know, honestly, I learned so much about like, quote, Red China growing up. I'm like, oh. Well, oh. let me tell you, those rules are very much giving. Sorry. Like, the, again, we, the reason why I'm so over TikTok is because it is hard to be a person of color who speaks honesty on there uh, because your videos will be taken down. And so at this point right now, I'm trying to really just gauge and move my, fo- move our following over to our IG, honestly, at this point, just because it is a lot to deal with. TikTok is not an easy app to to, to just live off of. And like, those Gen Z kids are so cruel. Like, their comments seem so They mean. are very mean. It's hilarious. Well, I, mean. That's a really good question to ask you real quick before you leave. Like, as a woman, do you feel like you get a lot more, like, criticism from your followers or from people that are out there? Because I don't get a lot of criticism besides, like, when I make a comment about, like, whiteness and white people are like, oh, you're wrong. But like, I've never gotten like, I know other creators that are women in DC have told me like, oh yeah, I'll just post this. And someone will just attitudinally be like, who is this post for? Or like, uh, and like just being, and something they would never say to a man, but they say it because she's a woman. Do you, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to take your guys' time on that. That's a really yeah. good question. Um, uh, okay. So I, I would say that, yeah, I do get, I do get, I used to get a really internet bullied a lot. And that's actually why I sought out therapy in the beginning. Cause it was like, these people are so mean to me, but they don't know. And like, it's not, and it wasn't like, um, like a fight, let's say that you'd have in the office place or something like mm-hmm. that, where it's just like, we just don't get along. And like that person, they're just a bitch. Or, but it, I would just wake up to messages that were like, you know, you think that people actually like you, you're a train wreck and we're all waiting for you to fail. And these would be on like Finstas. And I would just yeah. like wake up to messages and I'd be like, okay, and now I have to go to work. And, you know, on Reddit, I was dragged on a Reddit thread. I've been dragged on next, on next door. People have cold DM to me telling me how much they hate me um on instagram too but i think instagram created these limits and all these different ways to protect creators from that and so that's mm-hmm. how so there's like that kind of bullying and then the second part is sometimes i get like quote what i would call like try to get re-educated by the white woman <laughs> and um that hasn't happened a lot because when that first happened i completely shut that down but i i don't i don't allow that anymore like i think before i used to entertain it I'd be like where they're just like, oh, I just want to have, you know, I, I disagree with your viewpoint. I just want to see where you're coming from and have a discussion. But really, that's a nice way of saying you as a person of color are actually incorrect. And I have given myself more and I view myself as a very educated, f- outspoken feminist white person. And I need to correct all the injustices of the world and take away your whatever. So yeah. in my a lot of this, I quote, re-education DMs, and I just don't entertain those anymore. But I think I get them a lot. And I used to ask my, my I used to ask few of my black friends that were creators, like, do you get these? And they're like, no, white women don't come into my DMs and scared. Me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm curious about if people are scared of you because they're just thinking like this like like machismo Latino. Yeah. I, to- I I don't want to know what's on my Reddit threads. I don't if I if there are Reddit threads about me, don't tell me. I had recently just um somebody dm me and like I, like if my friend if, like if nunu was like oh girl they're talking or something i would i would be like yes tell me that but i also got person, this meme oh you got this meme too i i did check moments before the interview i did get a meme that was sent around about rafi after this weekend which was 
it was it was more disappointing because the meme wasn't like funny or good it just seemed very like sad it seemed like a true eight-year-old just wrote something was it like like, oh i'm fat i'm single and that one yeah yeah that's the one and so um like i said i did i did not know about this meme and then someone randomly sends it to me like oh this is what people are saying about you and i was like i appreciate you trying to be my friend or trying to help me but I didn't have to see this today. I could have, I could have literally seen this like, like, like I said, if Nunu brings it to me, that's different. But like a random person out there. So I, like I said, I don't want to know what's out there. But I yeah. think that's the thing that we have to think about is like now that we have these, the now that we have oh, this faces. going on, yeah. And I and 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 so, but what you have to realize and what I've been like, what my therapist tells me as somebody, and I hope like you take some some, some something from this is that like when you put your phone down the world that's that world you know what i'm saying exactly. but like when you walk out the door like no one's really gonna see that and if they and you know what i'm saying no one's gonna see that uh, knowing who you are uh, most likely no one's gonna know who you are when you walk out the door until you meet that one person that recognizes you but so that's why i've always tried to instill myself is like put the phone down when this is going on so you don't have to worry uh, about it. And clock out, DC. Okay, clock out from the phone. <laughs> Honestly, I wish it was that simple, but oh God, I, I think at this point I get recognized like six times a day, six, seven times a day. Out yeah. About. Yes. Yeah. Heartbeat a celebrity. It's okay. No, no, no. We all, like, you have to understand that like at 6 a.m., right? When we all look like death and we just want to get our coffee and like crawl back inside, I'll be like stopped. And like, I want to tell you about this or like, you know, a girl, like she'll be like, hey, Jade, my boyfriend just broke up with me. Do you have a second? And then I'll like stand there in the corner and just like hear it. Like that oh kind of stuff. You know? Or like I'll go to a vet and send them off and say hi. And then I'll get a message like five hours later saying, hey, by the way, I saw you at the event, but I was scared to say hi. And then I'll get a message the next day. Hey, I saw you at that event yes. where the girl said hi and I, whatever. So it's, yeah. I will say, don't worry, you, we'll talk about, we'll have a second episode where we talk about how we deal with the fame, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. isn't it's it weird when people say fame? Like, I don't, I, that does a lot for me. Like when people are like, oh, I'm on, like, DC, oh, I'm on Raya. What's Raya? <laughs> I know the that. Celeb- the celebrity dating app, Raya. Girl, get me on that. <laughs> um, there's not much on there. There's just like, well, I mean, yeah, there are like football players, but like, there's also just like a lot of lawyers and consultants. DC Ray has lawyers and consultants and journalists. Okay, oh, okay. that's fine. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you someone. But this is. <laughs> oh, yeah, been... Rafi, give me your phone number. I'll I'll refer you. Okay. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. After this. After this. <laughs> I will send it to you because we're recording. But okay. uh, but we're gonna wrap up the episode and then me and Nunu still have to do like a rec- we ha- we're gonna keep recording Nunu because we want to introduce the episode like before you even get on like oh, hey guys we're gonna like talk we're talking to yeah, yeah. is there you anything you want to <laughs> is, is there anything else you want us to plug during that intro like clock out dc you can find it there um no but just no not really i mean the only plugs i could be is just like get get friends that are people of color like learn yeah. <laughs> i don't know do some, yeah. do some self-help <laughs> well let me reintroduce the let me outro you want to you outro it you yeah start the outro. Well, it's been amazing having the Jade of Clock Out DC uh, here at Wait Don't Do It podcast with us. We have talked a lot. We got into some real things here. And we just want to say thank you, Jade, for showing up and, and being here with us. 